Good evening. Good evening. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, and we'll be looking at verses 14 through 17. As you're turning there, I want to ask, how many times do we do things that should be left up to the Lord? What do I mean? Basically, we try to take the matter out of the hand of God, or we don't even put it into God's hands, and we try to do it ourselves, and what happens? When we do these things and try to do them ourselves, we end up making matters worse. And, you know, when we think about this, we do things like this more often than we would like to admit. Yet there are times where we just need to take things and place it in God's hands. And we need to leave it there. And this is what we see with Judah during the reign of King Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat, when we look at King Jehoshaphat, he was a good king. It says that he did that which was right in the eyes of God. Yet, even though he was a good king, he did things that was wrong. Especially three things that we see in 2 Chronicles. The first, and we see this in chapter 21, verse 6, is his son, he let his son marry the daughter of King Ahab the king of Israel. And what happens? Well, when it talks about Jehoshaphat's son, it says he did evil in the eyes of God. And he brought all this idol worship into the land of Judah because his wife was an idol worshiper. It was the daughter of Ahab. In chapter 18, we see that he makes this military alliance with King Ahab. And what happens? In the battle where Ahab was killed, Ahab had dressed as a regular soldier. Jehoshaphat was dressed in his kingly robes, and the enemy thinks that that's Ahab. And he almost gets himself killed. He flees the battle because the enemy was chasing him instead of going after Ahab. And then in chapter 20, verses 35 through 37, he makes a commercial alliance with Israel. And it upsets God. And God destroys the ships that they were going to use in this alliance. So he pretty much destroyed that alliance. But tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a time where Jehoshaphat 
turns the matter over to God. He turns the matter over to God. And we're going to look at the result. Look at 2 Chronicles 20, verses 14 through 17. And this is God's response to Jehoshaphat's prayer. This is what we're looking at. And then we'll talk about what leads up to this prayer and the result. It says, And Yahazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benah, the son of Jeal, the son of Matanah, a Levite of the sons of Aphath, was there upon whom came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Fear you not, neither be afraid for this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cleft of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Stand still, move not, and behold the salvation of the Lord towards you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, just be with us tonight as we worship. We just thank you, Lord, for the year that you have given us, and Lord, we just thank you for this upcoming year, and Lord, we just pray that we would just seek your will and way in our life and our daily walk. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bless this word and just help us, Lord, to learn from it and help us to take what we learn and apply it into our daily walk. And Lord, I just pray that again, you would be with those that could not make it tonight, those that are sick and shut in, those that may be traveling, Lord, we just lift them up to you and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us tonight, that you would just give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> now, to really know what's going on in this passage of Scripture as we look at God's response, we need to go back to the beginning of chapter 20. And what we see is that Israel, or Judah, I should say, has been invaded. And Jehoshaphat finds out about this invasion. And what you have is the armies of Moab, the armies of the Ammonites, and then it says the other beside the Ammonites, basically the nation beside the Ammonites, which may have been the Mahuanites. And in verse 2 we see the Aramites, or the Edomites, had come and invaded Judah. And basically what they were doing is they had come around the Dead Sea and they were invading Judah from the south. And Jehoshaphat finds out about this. So you had this great multitude, this combined army, that had come and invaded the land. And what did Jehoshaphat do in this situation when he finds out about it? Did he say, prepare for war? 
Did he call all of his generals together? Did he say, let's march and fight? No. He didn't say any of that. In verses 3 and 4, it says that Jehoshaphat was scared. He was afraid. Jehoshaphat was afraid, and instead of taking the matters into his own hands, he turns to the only one who could help. He turned to God. In verse 3, it says that, and I like the way it says this. It says, he set himself to seek the Lord. Basically, what I picture in my mind is he got on his knees and he prayed. He set himself to seek the Lord. And in doing so, it says he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So he tells everyone in the land of Judah to fast. Because he was going to seek God's guidance. And then it says in verse 4 that all of Judah, all the people in Judah, left the cities and went to Jerusalem. And then Jehoshaphat stood in the, in the courtyard of the temple and he led the people in a prayer as he sought God's guidance. And then look at the prayer. Let's start at verse 5. It says, And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, Art not thou God in heaven, and reignest not thou on all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is power and might, and none is able to withstand thee. Didst not thou, our God, cast out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If evil come upon us... As the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and will cry unto thee in our tribulation, and thou wilt hear and help. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, by whom thou wouldest not let Israel go when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned aside from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say they reward us in coming to cast us out of thine inheritance, which thou hast caused us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For there is no strength in us to stand before this great multitude that cometh against us. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are toward thee. Look at that prayer. <clears throat> the first thing that he does in this prayer, and if you look at the model prayer that, that Christ gives us, you know, where Christ says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That ascription there, pretty much, Jehoshaphat does the same thing in verse 6. He talks about the power of God and God's kingdom. Art thou 
Art not thou God in heaven, and reignest not thou on all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is power and might, and none is able to withstand thee. And after that subscription that he does there, he starts to petition God and asking God's help. And look at how he petitions God. He reminds God of the promise that God had made to Abraham. This is the land you gave to Abraham. And you cast out all the people that was in the land and you gave it to Israel, the seed of Abraham. And then he talks about how Israel has dwelt in the land and they built God's temple in the land, a place where God had put his name. And then... In verse 9, he starts to say that when trouble happens to Israel, what does God do? He says, God hears. God hears their prayers. If evil come upon us as the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and in thy presence for thy name is in this house and will cry unto thee in our tribulation and thou wilt hear... And then he says, and help. So think about what Jehoshaphat is praying here. It's pretty much similar in structure to the prayer that Christ gave us. And in this, he's saying, God will not only hear the prayer, he's going to answer it. How many times do we pray and we pray pretty much like God's not going to answer the prayer? That God's not even going to hear the prayer? It's sort of like we go through the motions. Our prayers need to be prayers of faith. Amen. Amen. Because God is going to hear the prayer, the prayer of faith, and he's going to answer the prayer of faith. And when we look at Jehoshaphat's prayer, this was a prayer of faith. Not only was he saying God is going to hear this prayer, he's saying he's going to help. And then look at what he says. He states the problem. He says, when we came out of the land of Egypt... We bypass the land of the Ammonites, the land of the Moabites, and the land of the Edomites. We bypass that because you had told us not to go in there. And we bypassed them. And this is the reward we get. And this is what he says. Behold, I say they reward us in coming to cast us out of thine inheritance. He said, this is how we're rewarded. They invade us. But he also says this is what they're coming to do. They've come to cast us out. And look at this. He says, not our inheritance. He says, thine inheritance. Because the land is not Israel's land. It's God's land. God allows Israel to live there. 
Because when you think about it, the entire earth belongs to God. This is God's land that we're living in right here. He just allows us to stay here. He says, this is thine inheritance. This is your land. And they're coming to cast us out of your land. But then, he also states the problem. In verse 12. He says, for there is no strength in us to stand before this great multitude. He said, we don't have the strength to repel this. We don't have the strength to overcome this. Neither do we know what to do. Think about that. The king of Israel or the king of Judah is admitting, one, our armies are weak. So weak we can't withstand this invasion. And two, I don't know what to do. He humbly, humbly petitions God. He's humbling himself. When we think about our own prayers, <clears throat> how many times do we humble ourselves before God? We're to be humble at all times. And Jehoshaphat is humbling himself before God in this instance because he did not know what to do. He knew his army could not defeat this invasion. He was turning it over to God. So instead of trying to take matters into his own hand, he places it in the hands of the only person who could help. He places it in God's hand. And he asks God to help. Humility. He was humble in doing this. He's asking God to help. Look at what he says. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are toward thee. Basically, he's saying, I'm looking to you. I'm turning this over to you. I'm not going to take matters into my own hand because I don't know what to do. So I'm turning it over to the one who knows. <clears throat> the one who knows what to do. And look at what happens. Basically our key verse here in verse 14. God immediately answers the prayer. God didn't wait to answer this prayer. He immediately answers the prayer. And look at what he says. The first thing he tells them, he says, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Hearken all ye Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, fear you not, neither be afraid of, for this great multitude. And then look at what he says. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
He tells the people not to fear this army that was coming because the battle was his. He answers the prayer. Jehoshaphat was saying, I don't know what to do. I'm not strong enough. We're not, you know, we're not strong enough to defeat these people. And God tells them, you don't have to worry about it. Because it's not your battle. It's my battle. And you know, what I also think here, if you if you think about it, even if God had told Jehoshaphat, send your army out to fight. The battle was still God's, and Judah would have won because God was going to go before them. But here, God is telling them, you won't even have to fight the battle because God was going to fight for them, and he was going to protect them. And then look at what God tells them. He says, tomorrow, I want you to go to where the enemy is located. That's what he tells them. Verse 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cleft of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Basically, he's saying, this is where they're located. Tomorrow I want you to go there. I want all the people of Judah to go there. And look at what he says. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. He said, I just want you to go and look at what I'm going to do. Stand still, move not, and behold the salvation of the Lord towards you. And what does Jehoshaphat do? He does as God commands. He does as God commands. Now think about this. He doesn't know what to do. He humbly beseeches God. He prays. He turns the matter over to God. God responds and says, I want you to do this. And Jehoshaphat doesn't. How many times are we like that? where we turn something over to God and we say, we're putting this in your hands and then God tells us to do something. He, he directs us in a certain way and then we don't do it. We do something like that more times than we would like to admit. But here we see Jehoshaphat turns it over to God. God says he's going to deal with it. God commands Jehoshaphat to do something, and Jehoshaphat does it. Immediately he does it. Because it says the next day, they did as God commands, yet I want you to look at what they do. Instead of meekly going or stealthily going and trying to hide and just tiptoe over there, They went praising God. They praised God the entire way they went, the entire time they were going, because they believed and they knew God was going to fight for them, 
But more than that, they already knew the battle was won. They knew the battle was won. It was over before it started. Because God was going to fight for them. And in verse 19, it says, The Levites praised God. In verse 20, Jehoshaphat tells the people to believe in the Lord so they would be assured and believe the prophets so they would prosper. He said, believe God. Believe what the prophets say. And then in verse 21, Jehoshaphat appoints singers unto the Lord and he places these singers before the army and they sing the entire time they're going. They didn't go stealthily. They went as victors. They went as victors. Because they knew the battle was won. And then look at what verse 22 says. It says, as soon as the singers start to sing, God destroys the armies of the invaders. They were destroyed before Israel or before Judah ever got there. And how did God do it? It tells us. It says that he causes the armies to start fighting amongst themselves. And they destroyed each other. They destroyed each other. And by the time Judah got there, the battle was over. And they see the results. And it says that it took them three days to take the spoil. Three days. To take, that's how big those armies were. It took them three days to get the spoil from those armies. And on the fourth day, it says they blessed the Lord. And then they returned to Jerusalem, praising God. And then it says all the lands around feared God because they knew God was going to fight against Israel's enemies. But then in verse 30, it says that Jehoshaphat's kingdom was quiet and God gave him rest on all sides. He placed it in God's hands. So think about what happens. Instead of taking the matter into his own hands, like we do many times, Jehoshaphat puts it in God's hands. Because, and I want you to think about that, because he realized it was larger than he could handle. It was larger than he could handle. The matter was way over his head. And he said, I don't know what to do. You know, there's times we just have to admit that. It's bigger than we can handle. And we don't know what to do. Instead of saying, I'm going to do things my way, he turns the matter over to God and he humbly admits that he needs help. He swallows his pride. And I want you to think about that. A king swallows his pride and admits that he doesn't know what to do. And he turns it over to God and God gives the victory. 
How many times do we fail to turn things over to God? And what happens? We get on over our head. We try to settle the matter ourselves, and we make things worse. And all we had to do at the beginning was turn it over to God and let him deal with the issue and rely on him and his guidance. As he tells Judah, he says, let me fight for you. Let me handle this. And that's all we need to do is turn it over to God and let him handle it because he's there. God is there. He's just a prayer away. And he's always there beside us. All we have to do is turn to him and let him fight for us. Because he's there. But you know what it takes? Faith. It takes faith. Jehoshaphat shows his faith in turning to God. When we turn to God, it shows our faith in him. And we have to have faith to turn to God. We have to have faith to rely on God. We have to have faith to wait on God. Because when we turn things over to God and we humbly acknowledge we need his help, we have to wait. Because God will help in his own way and in his own time. Here, he answered Jehoshaphat immediately. But remember Daniel? Daniel prayed and it took days for Daniel to get the answer. But what does the scripture tell us? Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sometimes we must wait. But at all times, we must trust in God. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the example that we have in your word, the example of King Jehoshaphat. And Lord, I just pray that we would take what we learned tonight and help us, Lord, to just apply it to our daily walk. Again, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you've given us, and we just pray, Lord, that you would be with us. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Number 305, I have decided to follow Jesus.